Hey, listeners, just a reminder that the history of everything sex is for mature audiences, so listen with discretion. And don't forget, we're ready for suggestions, ideas, stories, whatever you want to tell us. Just email us at thehistoryofsexpod at gmail.com. Thanks! Good evening, Miss Carrie. How are you? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm tired, but otherwise I'm really well. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. It was a long week, wasn't it? Good. A long week. Yes. A long, yes. long week of love. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, just because it's Valentine's. Valentine's. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then it was like 70 <laughs> degrees one day and then 34 the next. And there so. were snow flurries today. Yeah. You know, I'm just, I'm just tired. I'm, I'm yeah. yeah. But I feel good. Overall, I feel very All good. 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 Yes. Same. Same. You want to say you're welcome? Uh-huh. Welcome to the hit. Oh, I've got voice this time. Oh, that's true. You are feeling yes, better, yes. aren't you? Mm-hmm. Welcome to the history of everything. You kind of cut out there at the end. Did I? It, it was so high that it didn't it was, even register. Well, it's <laughs> like I'm like above Celine Dion, Mariah Carey type octaves that I can get. So did any glasses break in your house? When they didn't. They didn't. Okay. Lucky. There was lucky. some shaking, but we're good. <laughs> so before we start today's episodes, I just want to actually explain why I chose today's subject matter. So okay. I had actually decided to look into researching the Pride Flags history. Oh. And yeah, but first of all, that by itself would have been a very short episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and secondly, I just kept coming across the name Harvey Milk. Ever heard of Harvey Milk? I do. I do know okay. who Harvey Milk is. Okay. Yes. So I looked into him and I thought mm-hmm. his story is pretty interesting. And mm-hmm. so the majority of today's episode is about Harvey Milk. And then at the end, I will tell you how the LGBTQ pride flag was created. Very cool. Awesome. Now, have you seen the movie Milk? No, I didn't even know there was a bang movie. I probably should. No, you'll have it. to watch it. You'll have to watch it. Okay. Um, I believe it's Sean Penn that plays Harvey Milk. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, yeah, I definitely need to watch it now because there's. You'll a have to things. watch it. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. hopefully, I do him justice. Good. So good. Harvey Bernard Milk was born May twenty second, nineteen thirty, in the neighborhood of Woodmere, New York. His parents, William and Minerva, were Jews whose families came from Lithuania, although I also heard Hmm. Latvia, so somewhere, somewhere somewhere not of the United States. His paternal grandfather, Morris Milk, was the owner and founder of Milk's department store in Woodmere. I really feel like he missed an opportunity there because if he could have done Milk's dairy, I just, you know, I mean, it would have just been, you know, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, uh, grandpa also helped to open the first synagogue in the neighborhood, Congregation Sons of Israel. Now, Harvey was the second and last baby born to his parents, and he spent his childhood and teen years questioning religion in general. But I mean, he always did describe himself as Jewish, so he didn't Mm -hmm. deny it. He was just always kind of, you know, not real sure about everything. Mm Mm-hmm. So he was not exactly an attractive boy. He had a rather large nose and big ears. And so he was teased a lot. 
which probably made the decision to stay in the closet relatively easy. Mm. And instead of publicizing his love of opera, Harvey played football and was known as the class clown. In his yearbook, someone said, quote, glimpy milk. And they say women are never at a loss for words. So I think <laughs> glimpy, that's quite the nickname. I'm not real sure. About yeah, that. yeah. So Harvey graduated from Bayshore High School in 1947. Then he went to New York State College for Teachers, where he graduated in 1951. While in college, Harvey wrote for the school paper, majored in math, and was described as a man's man. No one ever suspected that he was homosexual. The Korean mm. War had broken out in 1950, and Harvey decided to enlist in the U.S. Navy after college. There, he became a diving instructor, first on the USS Kitty Wake submarine, then in San Francisco. In 1955, his sexuality came into question by his superiors. He eventually was given the option to either resign from the military or face court-martial, which doesn't seem like a very fair, a very fair choice there. So he resigned and he received a less than honorable discharge and he returned to New York where he began teaching at George W. Hewitt High School. He fell in love with Joe Campbell. The two moved to Dallas, Texas for a short time, but ended up returning to New York. Harvey took a position as a statistician. This guy loves some math. Yeah, right. That's He's a numbers fellow. He sure is. Over the years, he worked very hard at presenting himself as straight to most of the world, even campaigning for conservative Republican presidential candidate Barry Goldwater. Hmm. After a nearly six-year relationship, he and Joe broke up on good terms. So next, he dated a man named Jack McKinley, who in 1964 was 16 and Harvey was 34. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Five years into their relationship. So obviously, despite the age, they lasted. Five years into the relationship, the couple relocated to San Francisco. Um, The San Francisco had become quite a mecca for gay men. More and more military guys were being discharged due to their sexual orientation, and they were just choosing to just stay there. Mm -hmm. Loosening up a little bit. Now, at this time, he was in a relationship with Scott Smith. 18 years, Harvey's junior, and the two scraped together enough money to open a camera store on Castro Street. Hmm. Castro Camera was located right in the heart of the gay community. Now, Harvey was very quickly realized that there were some serious problems with the government, especially the local leaders, which I think we can all still attest to, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, Politicians in California had learned that running on platforms that were pro-LGBTQ would get them more votes. But it didn't always mean that that politician truly had the best interest of the gay community at heart. It just was a way for them to win elections. Mm -hmm. 
The San Francisco police were known to be generally anti-LGBT. And in 1971, 2,800 gay men were arrested for public sex compared to compared to just 63 in New York City. So that's, mm. you know, obviously you're out looking for these guys. It's not right, just... right, right, right. <clears throat> so as Harvey took it all in from the poor treatment of small business owners to the lack of upkeep and maintenance of the neighborhood schools, he decided that maybe he himself could affect some change if he were in an official position. So in 1973, he ran for city supervisor. He came in 10th out of 32 candidates, receiving 17,000 votes. Now, rather than feeling defeated, Harvey considered this a sign that a lot of people backed him up and wanted him in power. 17,000 to be exact. Mm -hmm. Now, some told him that he was too new, that he had not lived there long enough to have put up with or fight as much shit as other people had. And so that that made him unqualified. It's like, dude, you're new here. We've been, you know, putting up with this shit. We've been trying to fight the power for years. You don't Right. Just you're just going to walk in here. And right. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. So Henry decided to make a name for himself and do what he could to make positive change. When the Teamsters had beef with Coors Beer, Henry made a deal with them. If the unions would hire more gay men as drivers, Henry would convince owners of the local gay bars to stop stop selling Coors Beer. Um, He also assembled a committee dubbed the Castro Village Association, and he acted as the president. The committee put on a big festival, the Castro Street Fair, in 1974, and had over 5,000 people attend. Now, this was good for business for sure, both for the gay-owned shops and the other shops. Now, Henry came to be known as the mayor of Castro Street. Hmm. In 1975, he again ran for city supervisor, and again he lost. Now, sometimes Harvey stepped on some toes. For example... On September 22nd, 1975, President Ford was visiting San Francisco. When he exited the hotel, he turned to wave to the people that were gathered around and some crazy bitch shot at him. Now, luckily, she was a bad shot and she missed. And before she could get her second shot off, a hero nearby jumped on her. A second shot was fired as they wrestled, but it also missed the president. Instead, hitting a taxi driver standing inside the hotel. I know, right? And it hit him in the groin, but it wasn't a fatal wound. Now, this hero who saved the president of the United States, he wanted to keep a low profile. He asked the Secret Service and the police not to give out his name. Let's just keep this on the DL. Um, But Harvey had other ideas. Turns out the guy's name was Oliver Sipple. And remember earlier when Harvey dated Joe Campbell for like six years? Yeah. And they broke up on good terms and such. Well, after they broke up, Joe had dated Oliver for a little while. And Ah. in fact, when Oliver left Joe, who was still friends with Harvey, um, it broke Joe's heart. And he actually became suicidal over it. So not only did Harvey know exactly 
who Oliver was, he also had reason not to particularly like him. But more importantly, Harvey wanted to tell the world that this national hero was a gay man. He wanted to show that even homosexual men could be good, wholesome superstars. So he contacted the San Francisco Chronicle and told a reporter all about Oliver Sippel. The story became national news. Oliver's name and his homosexuality were splashed across all the headlines. The news naturally reached Detroit, Michigan, where Oliver's mother, a devout Baptist, and the rest of his family <clears throat> learned for the first time that he was gay, and some of them, oh including his mother, promptly disowned him. Oh, no. Yeah, so this caused, obviously, some shit. Yeah. Right? Now, Oliver eventually sued the paper for invasion of privacy, but obviously the damage was already done. Now, in the mm -hmm. same year, 1975, the mayor of San Francisco, who was not a friend of the LGBTQ community, was finally voted out. The new mayor quickly became public enemy number one for the San Francisco Police Department. He, the new mayor, appointed a new sheriff and publicly invited gay police officers to join the force. The mayor also appointed Harvey Milk to the Board of Permit Appeals in 1976. Harvey was the first openly gay city commissioner in the United States. Harvey only held the position for five weeks. There was a rule that while you were in a position of government, you couldn't run for any other office. And Harvey wanted to run for a position with the California State Assembly. So, guess how that turned out? He lost. Um, right, right, yeah. <laughs> he lost by more than 4,000 votes. So, in 1977, in Miami, Florida, so this is a little side story to just give us a little um, context. Uh -huh. In 1977, in Miami, Florida, a law that banned discrimination based on sexual orientation was being fought hard by some freaking idiots um, a group of conservatives led by a singer named Anita Bryant launched a huge media campaign called Save Our Children. According to these dumb fucks, Miami was <laughs> destined to become a, quote, hot bed of homosexuality where men Ugh. cavort with little boys. Oh, yuck. Yeah. Now, the campaign must have really scared people. There was a huge turnout at the polls, and the law was repealed with 70% of the votes in favor of changing the law. So you were allowed to discriminate again. Ugh. Fuckers. Right. Yeah. Now, the next character in our story is John Briggs. So John was a senator who had dreams of becoming the governor of California. In 1977, he took note of all that fuckery that was going on in Miami. And seeing how many voters turned out to support discrimination against gay people, John decided that he would try something similar in order to drum up more support and more votes for himself. If people of California saw how anti-gay rights he was, well, surely that would ensure his victory in the race for governor the following year in 78. So John proposed a new law 
that would keep gay teachers out of the public schools of California. In his speeches, he referred to San Francisco as a sexual garbage heap due to the high number of homosexual citizens who lived there. At the time, it was estimated that between 100,000 and 200,000 of the 750,000 people who lived in the city identified as gay. So Proposition 6, nicknamed the Briggs Initiative, not only would keep homosexual teachers from teaching the students, it also banned anyone who was gay or even supported LGBTQ rights and people from working for the public schools. Briggs was quoted as saying, most of them are in the closet. And frankly, that's where I think they should remain. Nice guy, huh? You know, and people want to know why, you know, like things like, you know, why do we have to say that it was, it's the first, you know, uh, gay uh, police commissioner or the first gay um, superintendent or whatever. Why do we have to put a label on it? Because this is how long they've been fighting this shit. Exactly. This is how long. Even it's before this, deal. they've been fighting this. Yep. It's such, it's, it, you know, that's why when, when people stop asking that, then we have to, then, then it's not a big deal. Then everybody's right. just equal. Right. Right. But this has been going on for too long. This right. Bullshit. Sorry. I'm <laughs> you sorry. go, girl. You're absolutely right. Get mad. Get off my soapbox for a second. <laughs> now, the former governor <laughs> of California, Ronald Reagan, you may have heard of him, uh, President Jimmy oh, Carter, bit. <laughs> and the governor at the time for California, Jerry Brown, all openly opposed this stupid law. Reagan, a Republican, Talked about yeah. how being gay was not contagious. Uh, he talked about how science shows that a person's sexuality is determined at a very young age. And he basically preached the kids are safe. Don't, you know, mm-hmm. they're fine. We don't need to not have any gay people in the in the schools. Right, right, right. So while Briggs was spewing his misinformation <laughs> trying to earn votes... San Francisco hosted its largest Gay Freedom Day parade that summer with over 250,000 people attending. So in the long run, not only was Proposition 6 defeated, the Republican Party didn't even choose Briggs as the nominee for the California gubernatorial election. Mm -hmm. So piss off, asshole. Right. Now, in November of 1977, Harvey Milk finally won an election. He was voted in as the Castro District Supervisor. This made him the first openly gay man in the U.S. to be elected into any office. Because that other office he had had, he was appointed. This one he was elected into. Mm -hmm. So all of the city and district supervisors were part of the Board of Supervisors. And the president of this was Diane Feinstein. So from day one, Harvey was causing a ruckus, arguing Mm -hmm. about this and that, questioning things, all that. And at at one point, a fellow supervisor, Dan White, was diligently fighting to keep a mental health facility from opening in his district. He said it was too dangerous. Now, Harvey had his back. He was fighting right alongside him, saying, don't don't open this mental health facility. 
But then Harvey read and learned more about the proposed facility, and he actually changed his tune to say that Dan was furious with Harvey would be a huge understatement. Mm-hmm. From that point on, everything that Harvey put to a vote, Dan opposed. When Harvey proposed a law like Miami once had to outlaw discrimination based on sexual orientation, only Dan voted against him. So now in his personal life, Harvey had been in a relationship with Jack Lira, a troubled young man who was mostly drunk and sometimes loud and belligerent. Now, being gay was still a very hard life, even in San Francisco. Eventually, during his time as supervisor, Harvey started thinking maybe it was time to end that relationship. One day, he got a call from Jack, who was very upset, and he demanded that Harvey come home right now. So Harvey did, and when he got there, he found that Jack had hung himself in their home. Mm. Yeah. Now, a year after Harvey was elected supervisor, on November 10th of 1978, Dan White heatedly resigned from his position. The measly $9,600 a year salary was shit. He could hardly pay his bills, much less support his family. So he was like, I'm out. However, Mm -hmm. within days after giving it some thought, or more likely after his wife chewed his ass out, Dan came crawling back and he asked Mayor Moscone to reinstate him, um, let bygones be bygones. And the mayor said, sure, Dan, sure. However, others were not so forgiving. The mayor was persuaded to replace Dan with someone else. So mayor calls a press conference on November 27th, 1978 to announce Dan's replacement. But just before the big event, Danny Boy snuck in through a window of the city building, proceeded straight to Mayor's office, and shot him four times. (sighs) Mm -hmm. Moscone was assassinated at age 49. Mm. But Dan wasn't done yet. He headed out of the office and down the hall toward his old office. And on the way, he grabbed Harvey and asked him into his office where he shot him five times. Mm. Harvey Milk lay dead at age 48. Mm -hmm. Some of Harvey's ashes were buried under the sidewalk in front of Castro Camera. And then to put a little cherry on the top of this story, Danny Boy was tried for murder. Have you ever heard of the Twinkie defense? No. Okay. Well, Dan's lawyer said that he was not guilty due to diminished capacity. They argued that he was out of his mind, temporary insanity. And to prove it, they explained that Dan, a very health conscious guy who only ever ate wholesome, healthy foods, had totally pigged out on snack cakes like Twinkies the night before the shootings. Hmm. Obviously, this guy was out of his head. I mean, clearly right so that became the twinkie defense and it's so it's like he had a uh, that's crazy i know yeah like i i I, I 
six bowls of Lucky Charms and I did something, you know. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm, they were making the point like <clears throat> they're not saying it was the snack cakes that made him do this. It wasn't the Twinkies that caused him to shoot people. It was mm. just just one of those, you know, he was obviously not himself mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. look at this. He's eating all this junk food. He doesn't even eat junk food, you know? Right, right, right. So, obviously, he was insane for a minute. Now, on May 21st, 1979, Dan was found not guilty of murder, but he was found guilty of voluntary manslaughter, and he was sentenced to seven and a half years in prison now he was free in five years he got out on january 7th of 1984 and then on october 21st of 1985 he was found dead in a running car in his ex-wife's garage apparent suicide Uh uh so so he killed these two young men Uh did five years in prison which is what you do for freaking nothing right 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 so yeah so that's his little story mr twinkie man Mm -hmm. okay now this man man, harvey milk he made a really lasting impression since Mm -hmm. his murder he has had a plaza on the corner of market and castro streets named after him the san francisco democratic club is now the harvey milk lgbt democratic club Terminal 1 at the San Francisco International Airport is now named the Harvey Milk Terminal, the first airport terminal in the world to be named for an LGBTQ community leader. In New York City, there's a high school for at-risk LGBTQ youths called Harvey Milk High School. In July 2016, the Secretary of the U.S. Navy named a group of ships after civil rights leaders, and one is now the USS Harvey Milk. In June of 2018, a street in Portland, Oregon, was renamed Harvey Milk Street after a vote was taken. In Time Magazine's 100 Heroes of the 20th Century, there's Harvey. In Mm -hmm. August of 2009, President Obama awarded Harvey the Presidential Medal of Freedom, Arnold Schwarzenegger, a officially made May 22nd Harvey Milk Day and inducted him into the California Hall of Fame. There has been a United States Postal Service stamp honoring him. Paris has a square named Place, I don't know if you say it some different way in in France, but Place Harvey Milk. And Mm -hmm. Douglas Elementary School in Castro has been renamed the Harvey Milk Civil Rights Academy. So you can't get away from this guy if you even wanted to. No, you can't. You can't. Everything bears his name. And thank mm-hmm. God he had such a great name as Harvey Frickin' Milk. Right, right, right. So, okay. So, as promised, about the gay pride per, uh, flag. Okay. So, quick little story to end our story. So, Gilbert mm-hmm. Baker. Gilbert. 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 Gilbert Baker was born in Parsons, Kansas in 1951. Years later, Gilbert taught himself to sew so that he could make his own drag costumes. In 1974, Mm -hmm. Gilbert was the co-chair of decorations for the Gay Freedom Day. And Harvey Mm -hmm. Milk approached him 
and challenged him to create a new bold symbol of pride for the gay community. Now, up until this time, the only symbol widely recognized as representative of the LGBTQ community was a pink triangle, which sadly came about because that's what the Nazis had used to signify that a prisoner was homosexual. So mm-hmm. not exactly a symbol of pride, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was time for a more positive, inspiring symbol. So Gilbert had several inspirations from the Rolling Stones song, She's a Rainbow, to a real rainbow, which he described as a natural flag in the sky. So Gilbert Gilbert sewed the first rainbow flag, a 30-foot by 60-foot giant with all eight colors of the rainbow. So I say of the rainbow because there's eight eight colors in the rainbow, but it actually is not exactly the same because the first one at the top was hot pink. So each Mm -hmm. color represented something different. So hot pink represented sex. Red represented life. Orange represented healing. Yellow, of course, was sunlight. Green represented nature. Turquoise represented art. Indigo represented harmony. And violet represented spirit. So Mm -hmm. Gilbert and some friends started sewing smaller flags by hand at first. But eventually they were overwhelmed because this became a very popular thing. So they Mm -hmm. turned the job over to Paramount Flag Company and had them start manufacturing them. But pink, indigo, and turquoise inks were not available. So they were removed, and then blue was added. The rainbow flag officially became the symbol of LGBTQI in 1994. The colors of the flag altogether represent togetherness of all races, genders, and ages. That very first huge rainbow flag that Gilbert had sewn together was thought to have been lost. However, a remnant was recently found and is now on an and is now on exhibit at the GLBT Historical Social Museum. Historical Very cool. Historical Society Museum. Mm. Whew, that was quite the story. It is a it is a that man has a lot. Mind. Well, yeah, and he wasn't that old when he died, so right. You know what I mean? He got he got a lot done. Exactly. So, how did that compare to the movie? <clears throat> it's been a long time since I've seen it, but um, it focuses mostly on his uh, campaigning and, gotcha. and parades and and stuff gotcha. like that. You know what I mean? Like not. Sure. I don't remember there being a whole... I learned a lot, is what I'm trying to say. Good. I'm glad that's what it's all about. Yes. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny because when I was writing this, I was like, like, Terry's never going to believe that he got assassinated. She's going to be like, what? And then there's a movie, I'm like, oh. Oh, she knows. (laughs) (laughs) Not going to be such a surprise. And I want to (laughs) say, I think Mark Ruffalo's in it as well. Oh, I love. I Mark think. Ruffalo. I think. I think. 
Okay. Well, I will have to watch it because I probably would not have watched the movie had I not read a little bit about him and just saw like how fascinating the whole thing was. And yeah, yeah. You know, he's like this good guy, bad guy. You're like, dude, did right, you really right. freaking tell everybody about this Oliver guy who Oliver? Right, right, he, right. He did end up reconciling with his family like years and years later, like mm-hmm. in like the 80s, mid 80s or something. But that's beside the point. Um, right, right, right. So, yeah, I just I just thought it was really interesting, you know, and him just totally like so much not in denial he wasn't in denial when he was younger about being gay he was just hiding it so much that he even was campaigning for a friggin conservative republican right you know it's like yeah. wow i mean you're wow you know that's yeah that's something i guess but yeah and now mm-hmm. it's, i had no idea that there were all these bazillions of places that are named after him if I would have seen him, I'd have been like, hey. <clears throat> I didn't realize that either. Right. <clears throat> yeah. It's crazy. Right. Right. So, good guy, bad guy, I say. Yeah, there's, you know. Very well. Well, thank you. Right. <sighs> right. Well, you know, welcome. had a 16 year old boyfriend, but. but yeah, there's that too. That's, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. There's that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> good, bad. That's, as I said, <laughs> that's not right. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. You know, you're right. Exactly. Good and bad. Yep. <laughs> So, anywho, that's my story. Very cool, and um, yes, and that that was a very good story. Awesome. Well, more than just a story, that was a very good uh, history lesson. There you go, your history lesson. Yes. Very cool history <laughs> lesson. Ah, see, we why are we why are we like promoting this as a as a as a as a school? Well, because then no one would listen. <laughs> This podcast. <laughs> They'd be oh, like, right, right, right. Oh, yes. We're giving you no. a history lesson you don't even know. Yeah, you can learn a little lesson. something, but even right. more importantly, it's about sex. <laughs> it's about sex. It's fun. Sex and part. funny people. <laughs> right, right. All right. Anything else, dude? Nope. Nothing uh, that I can think of. Thanks for the cool. lesson, and I hope everybody has a great whatever de- Wednesday because this would be Tuesday probably that this comes out so yeah oh, you have a great rest of your Tuesday right all right bye all right bye